and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 98 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is a very tired Paul Sebastian. Paul, uh, you okay, man? Yeah, Jeff, I'm great. I'm recording this in my uh, full-length pinstripe nightgown. I have my like stocking cap that's real long. It's got the little fuzzy, little poofy guy at the end. Um, I'm getting my light via a candle upon a saucer. So, uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to go. Do, do, do you have your, your, your reading glasses? I'm going to fight off old Van Winkle for, uh, for just a little bit longer. Do, do, do you, uh, you have slippers? Uh, of course they're, they're bunny slippers. They got the oh. little, little rabbit. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, I'm, <laughs> I look like Grandpa Joe. I dress like Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, goodness. <laughs> now, wait. Are we talking about the classic Gene Wilder version or the, the, yes, the remake? Yes, Willy Wonka. Right. The other one doesn't. Whatever. Yeah, the, the Tim the, Burton the one. Tim. Yes, I, I just uh, saw someone tweet asking if there are any non-white characters in any Tim Burton movie at all. The answer is yes, there are. But, like, it really isn't a whole lot. Like it's not a like a big number, but yes, the answer to it's yes. But I've been just been thinking about Tim Burton movies, and also how about like how Edward Scissorhands is probably Italian. You know, the, the, there are a lot of directors you could ask that same question about, though, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wes Anderson. Everyone's <laughs> that favorite. was actually the first the first one I thought was your of. first thought to be Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like really. I, I if we got into Wes Anderson talk here, I'd probably really piss off some listeners because uh, not a fan really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he has some good movies. Rushmore's very good. I really enjoyed that movie, but honestly, everything else mid. Oh, I, and I, I think that's even over. It's fine, but it's overrated. I am a big fan of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay, I, again, that kind of shit. Like, I don't. know, All of his movies are basically the same exact thing. Well, I mean, like yeah, you're you're pretty much right. Well, you know, I I, I was talking ever. Like, it's pretty repetitive. Well, I mean, I, I was talking to my honey the other day, and uh, I like this band, but I had to ask her, how can you tell when one Franz Ferdinand Ferdinand song ends and another begins because they all fucking sound the same. <laughs> Oh, I thought the that's Franz Ferdinand's whole thing is it's just one song. Yeah, I mean, and, they're like, and it's a like decent they, song each time, but you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. there's no variety. Oh goodness me! All right, I know you're tired, so I, I do want to 
do one last thing. The only you... way to the only, here's the thing, Jeff. The only way to stop Franz Ferdinand is to assassinate him on a street corner sloppily and start a world war. <sighs> Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, how tired you are, spicy, you, Jeff. It happened yeah. 112 fucking years ago. <laughs> Did you read? Oh, too soon. Did you read the uh, the Players Tribune piece by one Mister Edward Kingston? Not yet. No, I just oh, had time to get. You need I to. Want to make sure I sat down, and, like really read it because I I heard it's very good. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. Yeah, you should. It, it, it's quite the piece. That's uh, already. I'm very excited to to get into it. Yeah, check the Players Tribune for uh, a, a very good piece written by Eddie Kingston. Very very heartfelt and yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a good one. That's all I can really say. It, it, it's well worth uh, the the read. So yeah, please uh, by all means go do that. So uh, we're gonna get on with this. So with that, we go. Oh wait, because you were about to ask, um, I, I did watch uh, Dark and Elevation. Uh, where else can you see Rio Mizunami on your on your screen? So got to do that. I, I haven't no. actually asked you that in weeks because we we tend to get sidetracked, and then you know you also have you know. Your, your your wrestling brain thing, so... I just wanted to make sure I've mentioned Rio Mizunami on this program. It's very important. Actually, I thought there was, like, uh, what else we had? We had the Dark Order versus, what was it, the Acclaimed and, and 2.0 in the same it was, uh, man? Yeah, there was that one. It was pretty uh, fun. You also had uh, Riho taking on newcomer Heidi Howitzer, who I recently saw over on Beyond Wrestling Show last week, and she looked great, so it was, that was a, a fun one to check out. Yeah, there was some good stuff on Dark and Elevation. I would recommend seeking them out this week. Fair enough. And with that, we go live to my old stomping grounds, uh, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, several of my friends were in attendance at this show for, uh, for this week's edition, the Go Home edition of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start right off with the first match of the evening. Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. Did you see the thing uh, posted a couple of hours before the show went live that um, Kazuchika Okada has successfully recruited the best friends into the chaos unit now? They're, yeah, the best friends are in chaos. Now, now mind uh, you... Because Tony Khan wanted to continue to, to troll his entire fan base all day today, which I do think was very funny. This whole outcome of uh, making sure they went out of their way to mention Okada out loud all day, uh, only to do absolutely nothing about it today, which is not to say that uh, that there's not something up their sleeve here, but I thought that was well played. Because everybody, I think, assumed that they were treating it. Oh, I'm sorry for that. See? Um, <laughs> everybody assumed that they were probably treating it similar to the way they were treating the CM Punk thing, right? By, like, doing it without saying it out loud. Right. And I think that's probably what built that hype machine uh, throughout the day today. Well, here's the thing, though, is that uh, Kazushiko Okada will be wrestling in the United States on Saturday, but it will not be at AEW Full Gear, obviously. He'll be at the New Japan Battle in the Valley show. So, uh, you know... No, I understand he's uh, in the States until December, so... He does have time to to show up on something, and with oh, a does. fresh slate after full gear, there's definitely some possibilities there. Obviously, the 
it, like, like the top of the card, you kind of have a logjam because you'll have a clear number one contender at the end of that show, right? Or whenever they, they pull the trigger on the Miro-Danielson match. So you're going to have uh, the winner of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega's uh, next opponent already lined up. So where does that leave Okada uh, if you're uh, bringing him in right away? Well, uh, it, 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 leaves, it leaves him nowhere besides the title scene. Yeah, it leaves him to fuck around a little bit because there is no way that uh, that New Japan is going to let the G1 Climax winner and the challenger at Wrestle Kingdom 16, uh, you know, lose in a, in a AEW title match. There's there's no way. Right, but there's really not a lot of other matches that even make sense for him because he's fucking Kazuchika Okada. Like, why why are you here if not to do the top of the stuff, like to, to wrestle the absolute best? I mean, if, like, obviously in the future when Brian Danielson isn't the number one contender and you have an Okada-Danielson match, or if Okada wants to challenge Brian Danielson's number one contendership or, or something along those lines, I guess I can see that. We're getting into fantasy booking here now with something that could or could not even happen, obviously. Well, but, either I mean, way. It's really, it's really interesting, and, and this is where these conversations uh, happen, all this Forbidden Door stuff. Like, this is where it leads. Now... You have to really wonder, like, what would you even do? What would you do? And that's, like, I guess a good problem to have, right? I mean, either way, I, I'm pretty sure Okada will be appearing on AEW programming here shortly um, in, in the wake right. of, of that. But um, either way, uh, Brian Danielson and Rock. And by the way, I just do want to point out that uh, technically uh, Dustin and Greg never actually left Chaos. They just kind of left New Japan. So <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Chuck did you know mention during that little promo thing that he was still in chaos. He was like, "Rocky, I'm still in chaos. I have the scarf right here." Uh, <laughs> yeah, I promise, I'm still, I'm still there. Uh, now this was cool. The Rapongi Vice theme was very nice to hear on TNT uh, on Wednesday at 8 p.m. That was very exciting. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 that, that was fun. Yeah, the Rapongi Vice theme was great. Uh this was a very good match. I was expecting a little bit more comedy, Rocky, but we did not get that. We got, you know, some... not like wrestling Danielson, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but it was good. It's it was not fuck around. This is a big, yeah, this is a marquee match. And yeah, no, it was good. Uh, I don't think it was like overall like the uh I mean, I guess for ranking Danielson matches, it probably doesn't rank at the top of them uh, because, I mean, that's just a product of uh, Danielson's run being so impressive uh, to this point. But I really like the way that uh, it was structured, and I really like the momentum shift coming from that big lariat and how, like, the story just changed really abruptly right at that point. Uh, And it was just really... uh, That part was really well done, and I really liked the finish. Once again... Another uh, new finish from Danielson. And so this is fun, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. You're not a big MMA guy, but uh, Ariel Hawani hosts a show called the MMA Hour. It's like the big popular MMA podcast. Every I, week. I, I, I know Ariel. I, I follow Ariel. So, yeah. So you're familiar with Ariel Hawani. Yeah. So uh, Brian was on uh, Ariel Hawani's show, the MMA Hour, today, actually, uh, and was talking about a whole bunch of different stuff. But one of the things talking in talking about, you know, his jujitsu training and stuff like that, uh, spent a lot of time talking about leg locks and heel hooks and learning them and how to learn them and people doing them more like in MMA, uh, and now like taking that to wrestling and how he even got an impromptu heel hook lesson from Ken Shamrock at one point. 
Uh, and I thought it was really interesting that he was, you know, had that stuff on the brain during this interview. And then you go into this match and it was pretty leg lock focused. Yeah. And we got a lot of more, it was a lot more ground and pound and a lot more submission, uh, from Rocky too. I noticed. So yeah, no, yeah. Rocky did a good job playing back into that and like giving, like kind of mirroring Brian in a lot of spots. Yeah. He was a good dance partner for him. And yeah. Yeah, finish with a tequila sunrise. Really cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he does do the. I mean, Rocky does do have that Di- Diablo arm bar. So you know, it was. Yeah, uh, and like that flip into the arm bar was really good for that pinfall, and then the uh, that little reversal guy that was really nice. Yeah, so that, that, that this was a, a really good way to, to start off the show. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're gonna do. Like Brian is either first or last in every match he wrestles, basically from here on out. You know. AEW has proven that they will invest in the opening match on their shows like really big. And that's normally a pay-per-view thing, right? Like you take your like one big match and start pay-per-views with it. Uh, AEW is now kind of committing to doing this weekly, whether it's on Wednesday, Friday or Saturday, Sunday. Uh, match one's always going to be hot. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Um, we then uh, cut to commercial and when we come back, we get uh, Tony Schiavone trying to interview the inner circle, but they are attacked from behind by America's top team. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I had something I had to go do during this. So I, I wouldn't You missed that. one of the best ass whooping segments in quite a while. Yeah. So that's real. Yeah. But again, this was fantastic. Uh, this is exactly how you like inject something into a feud right before you go, you, you get its payoff. And this is the thing that's tough to do with go home shows and I think, you know, a, a segment we'll talk about later suffered from this just a little bit. But this is how you do it right here. There's nothing left to do, right? There isn't really much story left to tell. We know what everyone's motivations are. We know what everyone wants to accomplish. We know who the players are. We know everything we need to know. So all we're really doing at this point is, is we can either help or hurt it if we're going to, like, talk about it or do a segment. This helped because it showed Dan Lambert legitimately get violent. Right, he powered on Chris Jericho through a table and put him into the uh, the walls of Jericho. Sorry, not the walls of Jericho. Dan Lambert explicitly mentioned that it was a Boston Crab popularized in 1975 by Rocky Johnson, uh, and he said that into the mic, which I thought was spectacular. Um, <laughs> a lot of really good stuff there. Scorpio Sky in a turtleneck. Like, I know, what else do I need to say? I don't really need to analyze Scorpio Sky in a turtleneck. It's Scorpio Sky in a turtleneck. So more of that, please. Good segment overall. Really enjoyed it. I'm excited for that match. Andre Arlovsky uh, hit Jake Hager real hard in the face, so that was cool. <laughs> um, I mean, you know. No, this is uh, American Top Team has turned themselves into a legitimate threatening wrestling stable in a matter of a couple of months. It's really impressive, uh, you know, the way they've turned this around and made made them into like something that I think has become an important and entertaining part of the weekly program here on AEW which, I mean, pretty amazing for, you know, people that aren't wrestlers. Um, I'm excited to see Dan Lambert get his comeuppance. I think a lot of other people are, too. And I, this was, you know, well done. There was a lot of times this story lagged not because of American Top Team, and they've come in and actually saved segments, and this was one of them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, just overall the whole feud hasn't grabbed me at all, so I just kind of felt safe that, okay, I, I got to go do something, so I went to do this. Um I'm but, really disappointed that wrestling fans have that opinion, and I'm not really sure where some of the disconnect is, but I thought I think American Top Team has done an absolutely phenomenal job. 
Well, no, it, no, it most I, I put most of the fault with with Jericho, honestly, for for killing my. Yeah, that's in this. fair. So <laughs> that's if, fair, if we're being like, honest, I mean, I think if, if you're that fan and if you watched this segment, and you were more uh, dialed in here. You would have seen Chris Jericho uh, take a real rough ass whoop in there, and it might be your thing. That's what's cool about this feud is it's got something there for people on both sides of it, even though there's like a clear clear cut baby face and heel. Yeah, but I think whatever type of wrestling you're into. There's something for you because even if you're the type of fan that Dan Lambert is talking about in his promos, that gives you really a, a figure to hate or really be a villain for you. No, 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 no. I agree with that, but yeah, it's just Jericho has has let this down. So that that and it's killed my interest in it. So yeah, here's the one thing he won't let it he won't let it down in the ring, and he'll deliver when it matters, which is when it's time to start putting people over. And he did a really good job with that here, and I'm sure he'll do a really good job with that when the bell rings on Saturday. So at least there's that. Our second match of the evening, uh, Ty Conti, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Ah, fuck. <laughs> uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Uh, oh, my God. Tay, Ty J, Rosa, all matching gear. Hell to the Yeah, uh. so very cool that Thunder Rosa was like, hey, I just so happen to have gear that looks just like your gear, guys. Uh, a great idea. Check this out. Yeah. yeah that, what, what a happy accident that was. Um, yeah, they all looked great in, in mostly matching gear. Uh, yeah. This match uh, was super fun. This is a really good six-person tag. It really was. Uh, more bad picture-in-picture picture timing, though. A little bit bad picture-in-picture picture timing, but uh, due to my sleepy nature, I was mostly dozing off during commercial breaks uh, for a lot of this show, and even sometimes not during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't picture picture didn't bother me that much this week, Jeff. Well, uh, at least this time they didn't cut during they didn't cut to com- to actual commercials during the match, which uh, we'll get into that later. Pardon me. Only so um, much time in. A- uh, Ty Conti does get the win. Uh, yes, she kicks faces, and it's awesome. And uh, that that corner, that three corner uh, kick sequence, very good. She's uh, just unhinged. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is a really enjoyable match. Yeah. Uh, and Thunder Rosa's uh, tope outside on the Jamie Ader was uh, towards the end of the match. Oh my god, <laughs> that was like the the highest angle uh, crossbody I've ever seen. And, and Jamie flat back the fuck out of it. Looked great. Oh my God. Yes, <laughs> she did. Great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, she, uh, uh, Ty gets the win over rebel and, uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Brick gets the fuck out of Dodge and, uh, yeah, the baby face Builds up a little bit more heat again. I'm, I'm just like back to that last segment. There isn't anything else you can do for Brit and Ty at this point, right? No. Like you don't need to tell any more story again. It's all right there. So all you can do is just enhance it a little bit more with something like this, well executed. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we then get a, uh, a video vignette. Uh, Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander uh, professing respect for one another, but uh, they're going to beat each other's asses in the TBS uh, title tournament. So whenever Strong that... storytelling gives us a little bit about their background, which is really good. Gives us a lot about who Ruby Soho you know, is. Uh, uh, and, and that's like, you know, her character and like, not just when I say character, not just like her as a performer, but like her actual like quality of this, uh, this persona's character as like a good human being is really part of the whole thing. Right. Uh, like she's so emotional. She's so passionate. And when you kind of see this, you really believe it. Right. And it really kind of puts Statland in that position of like that respect from her, her opponent, giving her more legitimacy again, execution. 
uh, uh, we're going to keep coming back to it, Jeff. This is this one does need a little bit more storytelling, right? It did need a little bit more, and there was something more you could do with it, and this was a good spot. Uh, we then get uh, our third match of the evening, Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowens of the acclaimed. And uh, I- I'm trying to make out what Max Caster was precisely trying to say about, <laughs> about what, would you like to, his, what would you like to know, Jeff? Um, his, his fetishes. Oh, well, okay. That's probably the one part I can't answer for ah, you completely. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's what well, I just have the, 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 the question marks I, I about. I guess it has something to do with Jungle Boys would be my uh, assumption. I mean, Jeff. you know. I mean, I mean unless, you know, just he uh, wants to uh, hook up with a uh, beloved TV star's uh, uh, offspring. Maybe that's the fetish. Maybe uh, it, Max Caster, if you're listening, we 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 would we we just need some clarification is all. Um, yeah, just just like we don't necessarily need it, but uh, we would also wouldn't say no to uh, having it. <laughs> uh, fun little match. Real quick, I can't, I can't skip past uh, the, the the best moment of Caster's rap. So he did all of his raps, which was all fine, pretty boilerplate stuff. But at the uh, very end, uh, he hit him with the "I'm a jungle boy." Yeah, a little. <laughs> To the uh, now famous uh, Island Boy uh, viral TikTok uh, freestyle, which oh, has been lit for for days upon days. I know you have teenagers, so you probably are familiar with Island Boy. Uh, uh, no, actually, uh, actually, it's my honey who is the TikToker in, oh, in the nice. house. So. <laughs> I'm glad her brain is as poisoned as mine. Me and my girlfriend have been going around the house like for a week, and like Island Boy. <laughs> um, uh, fun little match. Yeah. Anthony Bowens uh, is one of the one of those guys who like slowly impresses people match by match. Like he'll get he'll gain a couple more fans each time until people are like, oh shit, Anthony Bowens is good. Uh, he looked pretty good on Rampage against Danielson. I mean, that was something. Yeah, no, and this is the, the this is that like uh, trajectory, and he's getting these shots, and I think he's doing a really good job capitalizing. I just think he's because he like you know he's a really strong athlete. He doesn't. He's not really incredibly flashy, right? Uh, so I don't think he's going to like uh, set the world on fire overnight. He's going to be a guy who kind of gradually builds that up. And like, I don't know whether it's if the acclaimed has as a shelf life and they end up doing solo stuff or whatever. But I do think his profile is going to continue to build. But it's going to take months and months. Uh, Jungle Boy does get the win with a snare trap. Afterwards, he's attacked by uh, Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby uh, Fish. That, that, that was something. Yeah, um, he's just he's been around hearing Max Caster rap about Joe Biden so much, and he has something to tell him about uh, the Great Awakening. <sighs> Boy, it's like, uh, hey, I, hey, bro, I heard you've been telling Joe about Biden, so uh, let me tell you about uh, my buddy Q. Yeah, uh, I can't wait for. Oh man, we need uh, Max Caster or Anthony Bones versus Bobby Fish. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, you know Max Caster would fucking go there. You absolutely know he would go oh, there. Fuck yeah, he would. Fuck yeah, oh, he would. <laughs> uh, afterwards, we get a uh, videotape vignette with uh, Adam Page uh, preparing for uh, his, his world title match at, uh, at Full Gear. And then we get a backstage promo with the Super Click in which uh, Adam Cole introduces Bobby Fish to the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks are not impressed because, yeah, we know Bobby Fish. What the, what are you doing? You know, but... Uh, I do this 
do sympathize with Adam Cole. This is like one of those very relatable moments in professional wrestling where, you know, you have like your friend from kind of back in the day, like they're all your old friends. You probably don't live similar lifestyles anymore, right? You don't hang out a lot, but like if you're back in your hometowns or something special is going on, you get back together, you kind of fall back into old habits. You know that your loved ones and friends don't really like them, but they tolerate them. Then you got to go introduce that person to like your new friends who are like part of your new, like different life. You're living differently. They live differently. And you know that they're not going to get along, but you just want it to happen so bad. So you're trying and you're right there. You probably know it's not there, but you just really want this for you. And you want everyone to just cooperate with you, but they, but it's just not there. You know, the, the thing I mostly, the thing I mostly took from this is that uh, Bobby Fish seems to be in, in mercenary mode now. Hey, uh, will fight for paychecks is a very good wrestling gimmick. You know what? It kind of is actually. I mean, you're prize fighters. You gotta have a prize. Yeah, true. Uh, we then get a recap. Uh, vignette uh, of the CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston feud and holy shit that segment on Rampage my god my god from moment one from the moment Kingston walked backstage in his tirade after the match where where he interrupted uh, Punk's interview from then on has been pure wrestling gold this is about as perfect as you can do it in, in every facet I mean it says a lot that in three weeks they've kind of become the most important thing on this show at a time when, like, the thing we've been waiting for for two years is finally about to pay off. You know, it, it's funny, though, because this happened the, This happened the last pay-per-view with Eddie Kingston, too, when he just suddenly was involved with Miro. But then, you know, Eddie Kingston made that gold and made it into a best-selling T-shirt. You know, with uh, Eddie Kingston is a show-stealer. Like, I mean, people have been saying this for a long time. I know that there's a... A very vocal group of fans who have not been sleeping on Eddie Kingston and absolutely knew that this was coming. It's so good to see it, man. He just knocks it out of the park every single time he gets on screen, and we'll talk about him more in a little bit. Yes, we will. Uh, our fourth match of the evening, Wheeler, Utah, also now a member of Chaos, uh, versus Wardlow. And um, despite this some... was a Beyond match. This yeah. was Beyond Wrestling. Uh, this was uh, the White Eagle Hall in Worcester, Mass. And uh, despite the early offense from from Wheeler, Utah, this was basically a squash Wardlow by Wardlow. Is a big, strong man. It turns and, out, uh, it, it, yeah, I, he was like tossing Utah around in ways that you'd only let someone toss you around if you trusted them a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, no, I, I got you, know? you there. Wheeler, Utah, a very trusting individual. That's all I can say for him. You know, you, here's the thing about Utah, and one of the th- things that's going to make Utah, I think, maybe not a top star, but a, probably a pretty popular dude with like a stalwart, like I think strong base and following if he stays around AEW for a while. He's really good at getting his ass kicked. And that's such an important trait as a professional wrestler. Uh, and it will take you far. He is very good at taking a beating. Uh, afterwards, the Hardy family office attacked uh, all of Best Friends. So I guess Matt Hardy wants some some of that smoke with uh, with the Rainmaker. Matt Hardy, you know, uh, is a guy who likes to fuck around and frequently finds out. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? That may be. You know what? That may be the answer to your question. Kazushka Okada is uh, not going to tolerate this bullshit. Oh man! If I can get uh, uh, the Rainmaker deletion, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> Uh, we then go backstage, and there's a parking lot fight between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. 
Oh, man, what a great dust-up, Jeff. This fucking, again, we're going to keep saying execution for tonight's show. What a well-executed backstage, like, uh, uh, confrontation segment, right? Just everything in the right place. Uh, Punk and Kingston's just emotion. They were genuinely just so pissed off. Oh, my um, goodness. Every kind of uh, the people doing the holding back were doing just the right job of, like, keeping that distance at the right. Eddie's, like, sprint back around, like, full half-circle thing to try to get back and then getting stopped again. Just that whole thing. This is, like, I mean, if you've ever been in, like, a, a dumb sort of hold-me-back sort of situation where something boils over, you kind of know how they work and what they look like and how it's kind of sloppy and unorganized and uh, sort of strange the whole thing is when they happen. And this, this had that. It didn't only have, like, these exciting elements and, like, this, uh, like, storytelling. It also had this discomfort that that real confrontation has yeah you know? um dave ryan and that's what this whole thing has had it's been just a little bit uncomfortable oh, and yeah. i think that's what it's really tapping into is like it's a very relatable story of conflict between two people who just fucking can't take each other anymore who like may have had some respect at one time they know each other they've been around each other but they just fucking can't handle each other anymore and they have to they have to figure it out so uh, Dave Ryan of Days of Thunder pointed something out in the group chat uh, during this episode. Did you see Punk's Instagram? I don't. And, I do and, not have Instagram. So no. Yeah, neither do I. Apparently, uh, Punk posted something where he, he he was preparing for the match with Eddie Kingston by watching Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I. You know what? Wow. <laughs> that's a callback yeah. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a thing. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that match on Saturday, too. So, uh, our fifth match of the evening, a match I was looking forward to, and boy, did this pay off. Uh, Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty, Tiger style, versus Dante Martin and his in-ring debut on Dynamite, Leo Rush. Um the fucking commercials nearly pulled me out of this match, and I am so angry about this. I will say that when I, you know, in the peak of my dozy sleepiness, and here it comes again. Yep. Then that's. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing we don't get paid for this show. <laughs> really, oh, thank goodness. Uh, this uh, this podcast is uh, brought to you by Lunesta. Uh, <laughs> is that a, that's a sleep aid, right? I think so. No, so this, so the picture in picture is where I started doing most of my dozing. And that's where I was afraid I wouldn't even be able to do the show tonight. Cause I was like, shit, if I'm dozing during this match, which is like a fun, cool, like flippy stuff match. What am I even doing here? How am I going to make it? I don't know if I'm going to make it through. I almost did. Mm. Kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, this was a, a very fun spot fest with, uh, some shit I've never seen before. And this I'm was go back and hit the DVR tomorrow and, and rewatch it because I didn't catch all of it. But what I did catch obviously was a great time. Uh, what do you think of Leo so far in AEW his uh, limited appearances? That was, that was great. That was great. What do you think of new gear? Now, that, now, the gear I'm not so hot on, but, I mean, it could just be a one-time thing, too. It feels like there's something missing from it. Like, there's not enough. Like, there's something that needs... I'll tell you what. You know what it needs, Jeff? 
What's that? Tell you what it needs. Cod piece. Big, oh. shiny <laughs> cod piece. Uh, that, that could prevent some movement, though. Like, kiss-style cod piece, man. Oh, like, fucking glittering rhinestones and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, as long as it's not uh, <laughs> like like uh, Odorous Urungus's uh, cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. That's for Rampage. That's for Friday Nights. <laughs> uh, Dante Martin does get the Valid win. Fridays on AEW. <laughs> yeah, AEW Guar. Um, well, now, now, okay, I'm awake again. <laughs> <laughs> are you awake or are you awake? Uh, are, are you awake downstairs, I'm Paul? <laughs> whoa, 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 are you talking about boners? Is that what that was? I, that a joke about boners? I might be. Oh, whoa, this is a PG podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know. Never, I don't know where you got that idea from. <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe you would uh, you, you'd sully this podcast with that dirty talk. <laughs> Uh, Dante Martin does get the win over Lee Moriarty. Uh, more of this, please. Yes. Yes. More flip. I mean, more flippy stuff in general. I'm always going to be that, but more Lee Moriarty on Wednesday nights. Hell just, yeah. See. That's good. Uh, we then get a, a wonderful, fantastic promo from Miro and other one. That's yeah. Uh, again, this was the height of my sleepiness. So I didn't get all the like verbiage, but I saw, you know, like the yellow kind of sepia toad shots. And oh, God, wake up. And like the. <laughs> oh, you were how, awake, he, Paul. how he was doing the stuff where he'd be looking down and then he would slowly look up, kind of like the way that Elizabeth Moss does in The Handmaid's Tale all the time. Right. He likes, he likes to do that same thing where he's looking down and then slowly looks like parallel to the camera. Uh, so we got some of that. I heard wife. I heard God. So, you know, playing the hits. Yeah, it, it was a mural promo. Yeah. Uh, it was a good one. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match, too. Uh, our sixth match and final match of the evening, uh, Pack Billy Big Fish Bollocks versus Dax Harwood. Uh, FTR, that, that Midnight Express sounding, or, you know, Chase sounding theme, uh, still kind of slaps, it turns out. Yeah, it's fun as hell. Uh, actually, and also, this match was really good, too. Hell yeah, it was. I was... Mm, Jesus Christ, Jeff. I was uh, mostly up and about for this one. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love a good pack match. And uh, Dax Harwood, a very good dance partner for a guy like Pac. These were two. They're they're very different in styles, obviously, with Pack being a guy who can get vertical. And uh, Dax famously, even it's right there in the slogan, no flips. But also guys who are very similar uh, because when they do hit the mat, it's all hard strikes. It's, you know, hurt your opponent. It's wear your opponent down. It's a uh, uh, joint manipulation. It's uh, exploitation of a certain spot until, you know, uh, uh, that one's ripe for a different move, stuff like that. So they, they do have the, those kind of similar styles there. So it was kind of cool to see how they uh, match up and contrast. Right. So, um Yeah. Good match. A lot of, yeah, it was contrasting styles, but boy, did it work. Um, Dax can wrestle just about anybody, huh? It turns out. Um, like, there's really not a match that Dax Harwood can't have. So, uh, Dax does tap to the Brutalizer, of course. And, and uh, this is a really good, uh, great job by the commentary uh, mentioning the, because the bell came a little early. 
Uh, it, it did, yeah. So the bell rang a little bit before because they saw Aubrey signaling, and it wasn't the official tab signal, but the bell rings, the music hits, and immediately, I think it was JR even that picked up on it first, uh, was like, what great strategy, wrestling smart. You see all that tape on Dax's arm. Uh, he's tapping out to avoid injury for that title match coming up. Yeah. Very One of those little commentary things where I think it's easy to criticize commentary when it's bad. Um, but we like the small things, you know, besides like a jokey moment or something, uh, it's easy to go unnoticed. But little things like that really do, you know, when added together really help the presentation of what AEW is and is about as a whole. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. So, um, after that, the, uh, the lights go out and, uh, suddenly we have an appearance by Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. They begin to beat down pack that brings out both the Lucha brothers and Cody Rhodes and their associated attendants and, and, and seconds and, and managers and things. And, uh, that yeah. Happens. So yeah, that, that there was a lot of that. A match has now been added to the full gear card. So we'll talk about that here momentarily. Uh, we then get, uh, a, a another, uh, videotape vignette, uh, MJF versus Darby Allen. So yeah, you were good. Good call because, you said that you thought that they said everything they had to say last week, and here we are. Yeah. Well, they, that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. We, that's what I got for it. That's, that's I mean, got. Again, I don't have a whole lot of else. I'm very excited to uh, get into my bed and watch like um, a third of an episode of the Great British Baking Show before uh, falling asleep. <laughs> oh, it's like that now, huh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait. Yeah, have you? Are you a Great British Baking Show guy? It's uh, wonderful. I, I am not. It is. It's fantastic. I really highly recommend it. It's great stuff. No, actually, uh, after this, uh, my honey and I are going to watch the third and final part of uh, 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 of Sophie, a murder in West Cork. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, so the reason I, I the reason I brought it up is because a lot of people are saying that uh, we're the Melon Sue of wrestling podcasting. So. Oh. Uh, after we come back, uh, it is revealed that Tony Khan has booted out the rest of the elite and the rest of the Dark Order uh, from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So off they go. Uh, did you uh, notice- only part, one part of this that was really good was uh, as they were all leaving, uh, members of the elite throwing their bags at Brandon Cutler. Yes, I was going to mention. Did you see that? So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Nick Jackson threw a suitcase like right at Brandon Cutler. Oh yeah, he did. So yeah, he, he lobbed that thing. Um, so yeah, uh, we get a, a contract signing. Uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page having to uh, having to sign their contract. Uh, still no Don Callis. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Adam Page uh, goes to sign and says, you know, I don't really have anything left to say, so the sooner I sign this, the sooner we get the full gear. Um, Kenny, of course, goes on, you know, a little rant saying, you know, we really love you, bro, but you let you let me down, and, you know, this is what it's come to. Um, Adam Page retorts by mentioning Kota Ibushi without mentioning Kota Ibushi. <laughs> yeah, a little bit there. This was one of those segments... Where, you know, sometimes on this podcast I talk about how, you know, saying too much can really hold you back. And then we've been talking throughout uh, this episode, the theme of 
executing when the story's already been told and you know it, sometimes you can overdo it and that you know uh, diminishes and i was worried that's where this was gonna go because i felt like kenny doesn't need to be saying any of this like we get it we understand it it all feels kind of expository or like recapping almost uh and i just don't like we can sign the contracts and have like an intense stare down and just like uh get all these same feelings but then when it came to hangman page's response it all really came together here um and you know and i thought hangman's response to everything kenny said was perfect and i thought uh the intensity of all this you know he I, i was also worried like how what else can hangman say like how can he follow up last week and why would you even need to but he did a really good job here with this one so they were able to keep that same energy level um and then the finish of this was <laughs> yeah so oh, man uh, so go ahead kenny tries to leave without signing the contract you know throw lobs a, a little veiled insult at uh at hangman and then the cameraman in the ring attacks adam page oh no it's don Callis. Um, uh, did you just ask last week where's don Callis? wasn't that pretty recent yep and uh yeah there and there he is uh don Callis. uh they bust adam page open um Kenny signs the contract in blood. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. That was really good. Don Callis' fake goatee, even though he was wearing a mask, incredible. Wear <laughs> <laughs> this straight up like evil dimension Star Trek goatees. Mm. I just had to explain that whole thing. I had to explain the whole beard of evil concept to my honey the other day. Yeah, the because, evil, yeah, because you know the the evil Spock, or you know the old school master from Doctor Who had the uh, you know had the, had the beard of evil too. So, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, and thus we wrap up the go home, the full gear go home edition of AEW Dynamite live from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Miles Stomping Grounds, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to Dion Wells, Andrew Retz, Andrew East, and Zach Johnson. Uh, no, wait, I messed that name up. It's not Zach Johnson. It's Zach. Uh, hang on. <laughs> he, he only guest ho- he only guest hosted on a uh, strong style story recently, and I, I feel bad for for fucking his name. Oh, it is Zach Johnson. Jesus Christ, I suck. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say it's Zach Johnson. I, was gonna, I just wanted to let you get through it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was something else. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Zach. Sorry, Zach. Uh, my Good bad. Job. My bad, man. All right. Yeah, I'm asleep. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm just old and forgetful. That's that's my excuse. Well, fair. Okay. Uh, let's do some let's do some full gear predictions before we get out of here. Okay, Jeff. I have the full gear card right here in front of me. This is uh, as it's stated on Wikipedia right now. I'm going to go in reverse order of the uh, of how it's uh, listed because this is the most likely uh, match order. The most likely match order. Uh, they don't explicitly say anything for the buy-in, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure what's on the buy-in. I don't know if that's because they haven't announced it yet or if I'm just not paying attention, but I guess yeah. we'll see. So, And we do have a rampage to go, so there is a distinct possibility at least one more match could get added to this. Yeah, and they might announce stuff Yeah, either at Rampage or at least announce buy-in stuff at Rampage. So, yeah, stand by. Obviously, uh, uh, asterisk, asterisk, card subject to change. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, we'll start off uh, with the most recent addition to this match. Uh, 
Cody Rhodes and uh, the bastard Billy Big Fish Bollocks Pack uh, versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. Um, I'm going to think that the heels win this one. Hey, I got to imagine that Malachi and Andrade take this one through nefarious means and trickery. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of how, how I'm figuring this one. Uh, we then get a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Adam Cole and Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, boy, do they let the babies win this one? Because this totally My has... answer is no. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the super click because... What for a lot of reasons, but chief among them, a super click victory earlier on uh, to me makes a lot more sense with what's going to happen at the end of the show. And we'll get to that. Uh, we have uh, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. I know Eddie's not going to win this match, but damn it, maybe he should. I, I say no, he should not. I think the first loss for CM Punk in AEW is a very, very big ticket to punch. It's one that you should not punch in 2021, first of all, and should be used. And I, I don't, I don't want to make this too narrow of a scope, but I think maybe a more up-and-coming sort of younger talent or someone that needs to be established more is probably where you want to use that. It, 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 yeah, but could we make that argument for Eddie Kingston? You not, sort of can. I mean, you sort so... of can, yes. You yeah, sort of can, but also he is at the back end of his career. However, he slides it. He ain't going to be in there ten more years. He's not. Yeah. So well, I mean, I, uh, I, Punk is winning, but I, I just don't know if maybe Eddie should win. I, I think you know there's an argument. I mean, I think he's going to get damn close, but that's all you really, really need here. And I'm going to go with CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen with Steve Stinger versus uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman with Wardlow. Um, I think they're going to. Yeah, it's yeah, MJF. All day. Yeah, it's MJF. I think this one's not even really in doubt for me. I yeah. think MJM, MJF wins, and I think he wins sort of convincingly. Like, it'll be an interesting match, but I think by the end he's going to get a, a pretty a pretty square pin. I mean, I, there could be some some dirty stuff involved here, but uh, yeah. MJF, he's the guy there, man. They're, they're going to keep him strong along. Yeah, th- th- this is just another one of those matches where it just really has not thrilled me. I've been up and down with it. I think the match itself is going to deliver. So and I know it's because I think, that, again, this is another block in the road to MJF's rise or like another step there. And so, you know, this is the part to a whole that I, you know, I think is probably like a couple of years arc that we're going to look back on. So I do think it's an interesting part of that. Uh, the next match, our first title match uh, that we're talking about uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, uh, the Lucha Brothers, Penta El Cero Miedo y Rey Phoenix contra uh, FTR. Um, Lucha Brothers have to retain. I am, they should, and I am picking them because it's just, if they're going to just have these titles just between pay-per-views, I, will, I don't think that's the, the right way to, to handle that. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, next match, uh, Minneapolis Street Fight. The entire damn inner circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz versus the men of the year, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and American top team, Junior Dos Santos, Andrea Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert. Um, this is just going to be... Who do you got in this one? 
I mean, I think the inner circle is going to win it, but again, this is another one of the the, the two that really I, the the build of this has just not thrilled me. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be a lot of plunder. It's going to be a lot of you know weapon and comedy spots. Um, I'm excited to see what Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos do above all. Uh, you know, Junior, while maybe not looking the most polished in his last opportunity, was very, very enthusiastic. And I think that makes up for a lot of it. Andre is a big, strong dude and a really good athlete. So, so and I think he's a, a fast learner. So I, I think if, uh, you know, they had enough time to throw some stuff in and teach him some stuff, I think he'll do quite well. I'm going to pick the inner circle to win. I yeah, just don't I am too. see what the purpose of a of a top team winning this match would be like for the program. So yeah, let's go with inner circle. Yeah, I think the inner circle will as well. Uh, the finals for the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament: uh, Brian Danielson versus God's favorite ex champion Miro. This is going to be a thriller. So this is a this is the match. This is the one where you can make a real legitimate case to say this is the the one where we're going to shock people on, right? Like they could pull off, they could say Miro upset, Miro wins this match, and everyone would buy it. Uh, everyone would believe it. And everyone would be really, really excited to see Miro as a number one contender uh, to whoever walks out champion at full gear. That being said, Brian Danielson ain't losing this match. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be Danielson, which will be interesting uh, depending on how the world title match goes. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Danielson, I, I think Danielson is going to take the win here too. Uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, DMD, ah fuck, one day uh, versus. The thing you pausing too long makes it even worse. You just have to keep going, and, and you have to just trust me. You can't if you pause. I will definitely fuck it up. Oh, is that how this works? Yeah, yeah. You just gotta do it the regular way, and you just gotta hope I get it right one time. Uh, versus Ty Conti. Um, DMD. Ty should win this, but I don't think they're gonna take it off Brit yet. Ty is not winning this belt. Uh, I would love Ty to win this belt, but no, it's not the time yet. Um, and also, again, we're going to talk about this uh, in a second, but they're not going to they're not going to do that for for a few reasons. So I'm going to take Britt Baker. Ty will be a champion. She will be a multiple time champion. So, like, here's the thing. Like, I do think there's would be a good spot for her to win the belt and then lose it back maybe in a couple weeks or a month or whatever. Uh, and it could be like the first in her string of title reigns throughout her career. Uh, I don't think AEW is ready to do that yet. Uh, Britt's keeping this belt until at least Revolution, I would say. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Britt Baker's going to... I think Ty should win this, but she will not. Uh, it's going to stay with uh, with Britt. And then finally... DMG. And then finally, uh, for the AEW world title, uh, Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. DMG? Yes. <laughs> Everybody's a DMG now. <laughs> yep. No, no, I'm sorry. Adam Page is a DDS. They're they're gonna fight about that shit now. You know this. <laughs> that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate battle between uh, dentistry. They uh they actually a lot of dentists office the DMDs and the DDSs they go out back and they uh, street fight like West Side Story. That's right. I they saw dance, I they, saw they, a they trailer. Well, I I went uh I when I went and saw um 
Last Night in Soho, fantastic movie, by the way. Um, oh, I'm not going to do this. There was a trailer for a Steven Spielberg produced remake of West Side Story, and I just died. Uh-huh. I just died. I was, I was like, oh no, please no. I love what. I, just so you know, I love West Side Story. The 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 you know the original. West Side Story is good. I, I, I've always been a fan. I'm not a big musical guy. I will fight for West Side Story tooth and nail. I'm the same. This, this is me with the sound of music, so I get it. I, I gotcha. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I could see them sticking with Omega. They have to get They, they need to pull the trigger on Adam Page at this point. It, it's, this is the one. No, this is the one. This is the time. This is it. This, yeah. is, uh, this is the crowning achievement. This is the time to do it. At previous pay-per-views, we talked about how it wasn't the right time to do it. And, you know, going into All Out, uh, I talked about how it's probably a good thing that it's not going to be Page because we still have more to do here. But this is it. We did the more. This is as, this is as more as you can get. Uh, Hangman Page not winning at this point would be detrimental to his character, to his arc in general, and it would make this entire thing feel unsatisfied. This is the time. I, I think uh, it would be detri- I think it would be detrimental to the company. Honestly. I think it would, it would be I mean, I you know, that's maybe, but like those are things you can recover from. It's like whatever. Uh um... it would be <laughs> Again, that's I don't think they're worth. It's worthwhile to to compare uh, that, especially with WCW, because again, this company is having a pretty incredible moment right now, and they're they're peaking. They're at high momentum, and they're uh, really well liked with everything they're doing. They're not in the middle of a death spiral already, so uh, uh, definitely different circumstances there. But no, they, they weren't in the death spiral. On... You can uh, you you can't you can't just like ruin a company with like one bad finish or like one bad uh, result that people don't like or whatever. So like that, I think would be like a hyperbolic kind of thing to say, but no, it would be bad and it would piss people off. Um, and again, it would just be not the proper way to tell this story. So like from what I know about storytelling in general, it tells me Adam Page wins this belt. So let's go with that. Yeah, I think it's going to be Adam Page as well. So we didn't actually disagree on a whole lot on this one. I think we took the same for every match. I think we That's did. We, we, yeah, I think that that just oh, well. shows the the wavelength we're on this time. So we are vibing. Yeah, Paul, go ahead and plug I yourself, do. and then and then go to bed. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at CoolStuffUncle, twitch.tv slash ThickFlair. And, of course, every Friday night at, uh, what is that, 11 p.m. Eastern, right after AEW Rampage goes off the air, twitch.tv slash WrestlingBrain. It's Wrestling Brain Rampage with me and Nick East. Of course, we're going to be there this Friday. It's going to be the last uh, sort of digital content you're going to get from me before uh full gear so come see me there i'll give you the exact same predictions and maybe say some other stuff too uh and you can find this uh this particular show's twitter at oh yeah we have a twitter too it's at bgtd podcast um on twitter uh i'm awake yes you are um you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, uh, my personal Twitter at GDWessel2S1L. Uh, hey, we had, did a Strong Style Story this week, so go listen to that okay. as we, uh, Chris and I, recap the last two months of New Japan Pro Wrestling in about an hour. And uh, I also have a short little piece back up on FanFight. Uh, nice. Talking about Miyamasha versus Maki Ito from last month. 
uh, in, in Tokyo Joshi. Uh, so, yeah, uh, nice. check that out, uh, fanbot.com slash wrestling, and you can find it under the, uh, the the best of the month piece that just went up uh, with uh, some other fine writers talking about some fine matches uh, from the month of October. Uh, I am pr- I- I'm going to buy, but I don't know if I'm going to be watching uh, the two GCW shows this weekend. But, uh, you know, including, yeah, including, no, including the... Including yeah, including the Nick Gage oh, yeah, Invitational. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, NGI in Chicago, which I've, I've been to an NGI before. Great shows to attend. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I will it. not be attending that. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, Paul, any last words? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Lotax. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what? No, yeah, Lotax actually died. He's really, he, and for real this time, it's not a bit. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I am serious. And uh, to that I say, owned. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, well, that's a no to end that's on. Paul and I will review Full Gear for your listening entertainment uh, this Sunday here on the PWOM Podcast Network. So stay tuned for that. Uh, until then, we'll see you Sunday. Bye.